one of the smartest, but also easiest questions to ask yourself to really embark on this process is, do I have a lead problem or do I have a leasing problem? If you're not getting enough leads, you need to do more marketing. Hello, and welcome to Sink or Swim, a weekly podcast brought to you by RentSync, where we take a deep dive into the prop tech, multifamily, and rental housing industry. In each episode, we uncover the technologies and strategies used to help overcome operational challenges and increase the value of your multifamily investments. So let's get into our conversation today. Welcome back to Sink or Swim. I'm your host, Nicolina Savelli, and you're listening to Get Synced, where I take a tactical approach to helping those in multifamily improve their marketing and advertising efforts. And today I have a pretty popular name in multifamily marketing technology and definitely one with the most clout on LinkedIn from what I've seen. I've got Mike Wolber with me today, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Rent Dynamics, a lead management solution for multifamily communities. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, thank you a ton for the intro. It's great to be on. Now, before we get into this conversation, which I'm super excited for, Mike, do you mind expanding on that introduction for me to give listeners a better idea of your experience in multifamily and what you do at Rent Dynamics besides the obvious? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, And it's fun because I'm brand new to Rent Dynamics. I just crossed my first three months. And (laughs) quick background, I got my career started at Nike and really fell in love with storytelling, working there for about five years and realized how important it is for you to be able to communicate your story if you want to move forward in your career. But mm-hmm. at a certain point, I wanted to go be part of the vendor side. I saw what what great companies were doing to solve our challenges at Nike and happened to fall into this industry. I spent mm-hmm. six years working for G5, where I culminated with a role where I led all of multifamily, which included sales, account management, and marketing. And the stars really aligned in the fall of 2020. And I found myself with a great opportunity to join Rent Dynamics as their first ever chief revenue officer. So I'm about 90 days in, uh, responsible <laughs> for accelerating growth through through great sales, account management, and marketing. I call it go-to-market. And so far, having an absolute field day with a great team and some phenomenal customers as well. Amazing. Thanks, Mike. I find that every conversation I have with someone, they always say that they kind of fell into multifamily out of, out of nowhere. It just kind of came to them. So it's funny that, that you say that as well. It's one of those really niche industries that I think though, once you get into it, you kind of stick with it because it's, it's so unique. And I feel like I've become really married to a lot of the, the, the the nuances in this industry and and I I kind of just want to keep learning about it right so I think this conversation is long overdue on this podcast even though this podcast is less than a year old I think it's still a long long overdue <laughs> I think it's one of the biggest concerns for multifamily marketers and leasing agents and really all marketers and salespeople and that's around lead management And there's obviously a a lot to discuss under the umbrella of lead management. So I'd like to start off with just some high level stuff. As a marketer, I know all about lead acquisition, but once a lead comes in, I kind of don't hear too much until the sales rep either turns it into an opportunity or in the multifamily world, maybe it's booking a showing or leasing to a tenant. So maybe can you walk me through the typical customer journey from lead to lease in multifamily? 
Yeah, for sure. It's a, a really loaded question to start today <laughs> off with, but let's let's jump in. And <laughs> you know, it's it's fun for me because there are some massive parallels between B2B and B2C. Mm-hmm. And you know, I worked for Nike and it's very much a business to consumer company. And then joining a supplier like G5 now Rent Dynamics, where you're you're very much selling to businesses, you realize how how similar they really are. You're still selling to people. The difference mm-hmm. is that sometimes it's the person paying for it, sometimes it's the company. And right. that that journey, though, when you really talk about that lead to lease journey, in our industry, it's it's really complicated. And you've got a couple different marquee areas that we're all familiar with on the marketing side of things. When you're looking to generate awareness, connecting with residents, you've got internet listing services, otherwise known as ILSs, and they're mm-hmm. everywhere. There's a bunch of them. And You've got the massive ones like apartments.com. We just saw the big acquisition of RentPath rolling into Redfin. You've also got these fast-growing apartment lists and zumpers of the world. Then you've got companies that are doing more direct consumer marketing, websites, SEO, paid advertising, social media. And then you've got all of the more organic walk-in type of things that still do happen. We'd be surprised in 2021 how many organic, <laughs> you know, drive-bys still do exist. Right. And so you've got this funnel that gets really loaded up in marketing. And I think one of the big values for the lead management sector where, where I, I work, we call it CRM, is that you can really start making sense of your marketing by understanding what marketing channels are driving the best leads that convert at the fastest rates that ultimately stay for the longest. But, you know, it it still is a pretty nuanced uh, sales process because there are multiple touch points happening from that, that ideally that first touch, which is, which is usually a tour. So did they show up? Did they Mm -hmm. tour? Did they find enough information to make the decision? Did they have to come back? And COVID-19 has just shined a spotlight on the lack of virtual that many of the the apartment operators and owners have today to really be able to do it justice with less staff on site. So, you know, we're seeing anything from some of the fastest converting in about a week from first contact to lease up to 90 days for some other marketing channels. So it really is wide with lots of room for uh, opportunity and innovation still. Absolutely. I don't want to go too far down that road yet because I have some other questions related to everything you just said, but I want to still keep it a little bit more high level talking about basically we know like Salesforce has a monopoly on lead management in in B2B and in some cases B2C businesses, but why is it so important for multifamily marketers to have something tailored to them and their unique customer journey? Why wouldn't a Salesforce necessarily work for them versus another another solution that's tailored to multifamily? It's a it's a really good question. And it's probably, you know, you started with this point of like, hey, you fell into multifamily like everyone else seems to. And now that you're here, <laughs> you feel like you're stuck. You know, I'm I'm crossing the six-year mark of being in the industry, and I don't think I'm going anywhere. And right. I think, you know, one, doing software or services specific to a vertical is really fun. Your network matters a lot more. And you realize that, you know, the second point is that it's heavily nuanced. There are so many nuances in multifamily where you're really wrapping yourself around this 12-month lease that there's just a lot of complexity in, in our industry that is specific enough to where it's a long, complicated marketing process, it's a long, complicated sales process, and then retention is so important 
that a lot of these, you know, enterprise caliber CRMs like Salesforce and HubSpot, they're built with acquisition in mind, but they don't have the ability nor the desire to spend time plugging into Yardi and RealPage because for them, it's such a fraction of the industry. Right. But for us, I mean, those are the most important softwares in the world. And so right. I think it's, it's largely its size and scale, but also some of the nuanced complexity. Awesome. That makes sense. And I think that anyone who's not in the industry would not even know those names. Like it's, it's just something that you have to be a part of it to really fully understand it. And, and that's why those, those unique systems that do know those names, that do know those integration partners, you know, they're willing to work and, 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 and they already are, they are integrating with those, those, those systems. So I want to drill down a little bit more into, into lead management and the process. And I know that oftentimes many agents or, or marketers, depending on how big of a property management company, if you're a single family or, or multifamily, but they try and overcompensate for leads in their, their, for holes in their lead management process by spending more money to bring in more leads. But that's like trying to fix a broken leg with a Band-Aid and it's not a strategy you can stand on. So how do marketers know if their lead management process is effective? Like, how do they know that when it's working? I mean, your leasing agents could be signing lots of leases and driving income for your property, but that might not be related to effective lead management. It might just be a really good sales team. So what is good lead management, a good lead man management process look like from a leasing agent's perspective? It's a, it's a great question. And I think the beauty of technology today is that you can measure just about everything. And right. I think one of the, one of the smartest, but also easiest questions to ask yourself to really embark on this process is, do I have a lead problem or do right. I have a lead, do I have a leasing problem? If you're not getting enough leads, you need to do more marketing. But if you look in your lead management system and you look at the fundamentals of sales and you're not executing, my bet would be that most people in the industry actually have a leasing problem. There's a, a massive challenge in the industry too with leasing agent turnover. So they're constantly having to train new leasing agents on how to use the technology to lease effectively, to learn their process, their language, their culture, their values, their amenities, all of the things. But I think largely you can use lead management to really get very prescriptive and granular on, are you responding to leads quickly? If you're not mm -hmm. responding within, within 10 minutes, you're doing it wrong. And most people are way outside of the 10 minute window. And are you, are you following up with your leads once they've come in for a tour? Well, are you following up to confirm next steps? And so it's a very basic sales motion that I think, unfortunately is still very much in the early days. So ask yourself, do I have a leader, a leasing problem? If you have a leasing problem, use the data to come up with the right action plan. Which leads very well into my next question. So if you have a leasing problem, what do you think marketers in the industry should be using in terms of uh, features like autoresponders to you to ensure every lead is given the attention it deserves? Do, like, wh what tools are you seeing being used more often, or should be used more often, in the industry right now to ensure that that leasing like those uh, leads are are engaged? And I mean, ten minutes is really really fast, but how do you accomplish that? I mean, I think right now it's it's the ultimate time to think about being flexible. With COVID-19, folks like you and I who are working from home for maybe the first time in our careers 
Mm. We're working all hours of the day now as we're trying to juggle, you know, personal and, and professional life under the same roof, which means that the things that we used to do only between eight and five, sometimes we're now not doing until 10 o'clock once the kids are finally tucked into bed. Right. Which means that, you know, if you're still operating your leasing office with the arbitrary nine to five hours, how much are you leaving in the open for people that are trying to engage with you at night? And mm -hmm. so I think those those kinds of business operation questions are really important right now. The, but from a technology perspective, we're seeing so much new that I think is still in the early days to really know if it's working or not. We've got media lease, we've got Lisa, we've got all these smart technologies that are trying to make the leasing experience entirely virtual. You call, they hang up and they turn it into a text. And we're still seeing whether or not that's paying off, but I'm, I'm seeing some pretty cool results there. I yeah, also okay. think that, and I think we're still seeing the benefits of, you know, chatbot technology that can be deployed in omni, in a very omni-channel way, meaning you can place it not just on the website, but in every possible chat solution out there. So it's on Facebook and Pinterest, on your Google My Business listing. I think we're just in a day and age where you need to be everywhere. And if you're not, Absolutely. you're definitely leaving something out there that, that someone else is most likely grabbing. Right. And now, I mean, I'm going off script a little bit, but obviously like COVID has become the, the propeller of all of this, really. I mean, if you weren't doing it before, you should be doing it now. So, I mean, if you are still trying to catch up, like what if you're one of those companies, one of the pro property management companies that didn't even have a website until this year? What what can they do in terms of, you know, making sure that these processes are working and that they're their lead management is is functioning properly um, when they're still kind of trying to get into the digital space right now. How, how do you how do you see companies manage that kind of stuff right now? So one of my personal quirks is I always mess up quotes when I try to use them to sound smart, but I'm going to use a quote. <laughs> you can do, do your best. Yeah, so I, I think there's a quote that says what gets measured gets done. Mm. And, and I don't know where it comes from, but I've definitely heard that before. And I think to answer that question, I would use a quote. And the reason for that is if you have a website, if you have a lead management solution, if you have a property management, you know, stack of software, you've got a lot of data at your fingertips. And it's really important that you look at yesterday to see what happened, right. where are leads coming through, where are things falling through the cracks? Where are we trending from an occupancy standpoint? Very baseline questions in our industry, but you have to look back so you can look forward. And I think that's where you need to start measuring first. And I think too often we fall into this busy trap of putting out fires and, and our, our customers have significant fires they have to put out when they're, you know, providing homes to hundreds, thousands, tens mm -hmm. of thousands of people, because mm -hmm. a crisis to them could be life and death. Whereas to you and I, it's, is my software working today? Right. Um, but I think it's really important because taking the time to routinely be measuring what's working so you can start to optimize before doing that first step. I think we get too gung ho on trying to make it perfect, but, but good oftentimes is good enough. Yeah. So I don't know if that, if that makes sense. No, that, no, that's, that, that does make sense. And I think that it really is, you know, baby steps sometimes if, as long as you're able to measure what you're implementing and, and it's showing some the moving the, the needle in some direction, positive direction, then then you're in the right spot. But trying to do it all at once can be a little bit overwhelming, I think, for some. And we just need to kind of 
as long as you're moving forward and you're and you're using data and and data driven insights to to move forward, then you're probably doing something something right. Um, I think so. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I guess we've kind of touched on this, and and maybe there's something deeper that you can kind of speak to. Um, maybe even at Rent Dynamics, but what are some of the tools that exist for lead management or lead automation that you feel as an industry we should leverage more of? So I think there's two things that that everyone should be doing today, uh, and and I think some are doing this really well and some are not. I think the first one is is not a technology at all; it's having a sales process. You know, mm. as a B two B sales guy, I've been in the industry for six years. Sales process is so important as an individual contributor and as a leader. And I think just challenging partners and customers to have a sales process. So it's really routine for how you train and ramp your leasing teams. Use your technology to really measure and establish your baselines. What is your lead response time? What is your follow-up cadence? What is your objection handling? What do you do if someone wants a unit that's not available? That kind of stuff could really be automated and and it could be inexpensive. Upload it to a private YouTube video with with the three hours of training and all of a sudden you're ramping people in a week versus three months. Right. So right. I think that playbook mentality with with having a leasing strategy that's documented, trained on, but iterated because it changes so fast. Like that's the first thing. Interested in being a guest on Sink or Swim or have a really great idea for an episode? Email us at podcast at rensync.com. The second thing to me really becomes about treating the prospect like a prospect. And it, it's so important that we treat them like a warm, rich, high potential resident, but they're not yet a customer, meaning do the things like you would want to be sold to as well. Follow up, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and don't, don't stop after one touch. And I think there, there is automation. I, I won't sell Rent Dynamics right now, but there is a lot of automation out there. <laughs> you can use to to do follow-up sequences with your prospects in your funnel but you can also be disciplined with how you use your email and your phone call too so totally so just taking the time to have a leasing strategy in a playbook and then using your technology to make sure that you don't just stop after they show up for the tour you could be winning a heck of a lot faster with those two things absolutely it's i find that in this industry that the crossing the finish line is the hardest part of of this process and a lot of people kind of lose momentum near the end and and that's really you know the the sticking point for this so they need to really make sure that 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 engagement remains throughout the entire the entire process um from from booking to to leasing and and getting them across the finish line so your opinion on lead quality. This is something that comes up a lot, especially when um, we're talking to people using ILSs and things like that to get their their properties out there. You know, your marketing team could be bringing in thousands of leads for your sales reps. But what if your lead to lease rate is super low? Do you have any thoughts around how marketers can improve the quality of their leads or what might be happening there that is causing this this um low kind of uh, opportunity for sales reps. Yeah, I think it's an age old debate that I think plays a role <laughs> to, to all of us in, in any industry and in any business. And I think, you know, it's the classic, are you doing a spray and pray or are you, mm. using, a, are you using a fishing pole? And I think looking to go after, you know, potential residents with a high intent to rent is very much how a marketer should be running running their shop. And 
you know, measuring so that you can optimize again, like measuring and actually spending time in your platforms to measure is important. But I, I do think that whether you're using your marketing technology, which for many companies is very robust or your lead management technology to look upstream and see across your marketing expenses, where are you seeing the highest conversion rates? Where are you seeing the fastest velocity, meaning the propensity from that first contact to move in? And use that to iterate. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people still set their marketing budgets in the fall when budgets are due, mm -hmm. and they leave them relatively stagnant unless there's like an occupancy or exposure crisis. Whereas I think we could be doing, you know, quarterly revisions based on 90 days worth of rich data to make some really meaningful optimizations. But I think looking at that conversion rate, you want the highest possible percentage and velocity. If you kind of pull those two levers, you could probably move a lot faster and spend a little bit more efficiently as well. Awesome. I mean, you've kind of answered the next question a little bit for me, but I, I do want to make mention of it, just hone it into it a little bit more. Obviously, there's tons of different lead gen sources that people can be leveraging right now. It could be their website, listing sites, Google ads, referrals, a combination of all the above. Would you say there's a best way for marketers to generate leads today or a, a best combination of things? And, and you've kind of just said that with, you know, measuring your, your lead velocity and what, what channels are doing that. But maybe you can expand a little bit on, on some of those and why you think that they're so crucial right now. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I just went through a leasing experience as I'm moving my family to Utah. We're building mm -hmm. a custom home that's not going to be ready till the fall. So we're going to be living in an apartment for about six months. And, uh, you know, I did some some broad net searches to figure out location and amenities. We've got two kids, two dogs. Like, we're not looking for a studio. <laughs> we're not looking for a third story. Like, we know what we're looking for. But it took right. time to do some general searches. Once we locked in, though, we're going to be living at a community called The Falls in Logan, Utah. I went to that website 30, 40 times over the process of the last couple of weeks as I was planning the move, as I was, you know, nurturing myself through the process. The leasing team was great. But I'll, I'll tell you that, you know, having a really repeatable way to win someone's attention once they know who you are is mm -hmm. really important. So, I mean, I do think that the website probably gets slept on still too much. But, it, but again, we have an attribution challenge in the industry too, where I think the website also gets way too much credit. And so I think that's another <laughs> challenge is that, you know, if the last thing someone did was go to the website before they called, everyone looks to the website, but they don't take into account all the things that person did prior to. Right. And I know I'm totally riffing, but I think the last thing I'll say here before breathing is that <laughs> I, my challenge here is don't just use one technology to look at, to see what's working and what's not. Because mm -hmm. on my end, I might see a lot of property website visits, but if you go into your marketing technology, you'll see a lot of referring sources for how traffic's getting to the website and using those two in combination, even if you don't have beautiful multi-touch attribution, you can put together a really good analysis to understand that if you drop your spend here and crank it up here, you'll win a lot better tomorrow. Absolutely. Great, great insight there. Now I'm going to, so that's the end of my kind of questions on this. And I'd like to move into some kind of popular listener audience questions. And they may cover some of the areas that we've already touched on, but this one's a little long. So, so let me get through it for you. So 
Right now, we're having a hard time quantifying marketing and advertising spend to determine if our leads or prospects have become leases. Our marketing team is generating a decent amount of leads and our leasing agents seem to be hitting their targets. However, it feels like there's a breakdown in whether our marketing team is effectively generating pipeline for agents to get leases signed. Everyone appears to be working in silos and no one was, is happy with one another. How can we fix this problem? Are there tactics or tools we can employ to make our lead to lease process more holistic? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it's honestly like, that's a podcast we should probably do to get you, <laughs> yeah. me, and a customer on. To like and almost, a customer. You know, and, yeah. and do it like webinar style or something. But yeah. you know, here here's how I lead a B2B business. We review our forecast every week. We review our pipeline every week and we review our marketing every week. And it helps us understand what's working, where the breakdowns are. And it's part of the rhythm of the business. It's a very repeatable process we run to make sure that there are no silos, that we're speaking candidly, and that we're using yesterday's information, in this case, last week's information, right. to plan for this week. And I, I think our our primary customer, our primary partner on the lead management marketing side of the house, they're way too busy. They're way too strapped. If I'm a vice president of marketing responsible for the marketing stack and leasing, that is way too much work. Yeah. And so I think we're, <laughs> and that's just like the, 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 the empathy inside of me. Like I understand that. But, uh, yeah, you get it. Mm -hmm. But I'll say that I think there's a massive opportunity to treat your business like a sales business and to spend time weekly whether it's a big organization where you have regional vice presidents, have your regional VPs work with their respective properties once a week or once a month to do some analysis and roll it up. And nice. then we'll shine some spotlights on where the wins are and where the faults are. And the re reality is that the, the feet on the street, the leasing agents and the property managers, they oftentimes have really rich feedback that doesn't always make it up to corporate. Right. And I think if you can break that down and put some sort of forecast or business review in place to talk about how corporate can get regional and then property feedback rolling up, you'll be able to really understand, hey, we're getting a lot of calls from this source. They suck. And yeah. that's, that's kind of a bummer to say out loud until you realize that if you make that small iteration next month, does it feel better? Yeah, it's it feels a lot better. better. Right. Yeah. Like, yep. And that's not technology. That's just talking to your team. But totally. No, that's great advice. I think that, yeah, if there, you could be even it's not even it, it is fixing a process because it's something that you've been doing that you think is working, but it actually might not be working. And if you eliminated it, it would make everything go a lot faster. So I think that that's a that's a really important point to touch on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my, the second question is, we've noticed that social media marketing has truly become a focus over the last year, likely influenced by COVID and a need to find new channels to promote and develop the brand of your property. However, we manage mostly class B and C properties. Do you think it's worth investing in paid social media for our properties, as well as including high quality photos, virtual tours and renderings? Or is this not fundamental to attracting our target tenant? I think that might be two questions almost, but is it worth investing in, in paid media? And then maybe we can talk about the, the high quality photos and virtual tours after that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think there is a, a short answer, which is, which is yes, but then don't get you know complacent and to the points we've talked about right. earlier, 
once you start doing it, is it working? And I think that right. that becomes, you know, play the long game. Like you can't make in month decisions. That's too arbitrary in, in a long leasing and sales cycle like we have in multifamily. If you're arbitrarily looking in month, out of month, like you're you're gonna you're gonna be just too short sighted. But I do believe that the social piece does play a big role. And I'll even tell you that before I filled out a form to become a lead for the apartment I leased, I was getting brand recall advertisements through display and social for sure. And it just helped reinforce like, hey, they're really catering to me. And it, even right. if I didn't click on them, which is then a free impression because you don't have to pay unless they click. Right, uh, I, right. I think that kind of thing is is valuable. But I also think that there's a, a big opportunity as a marketer to think about retention tactics. And can you double down on even running, you know, an advertising campaign to your residents to join your Facebook community? And maybe that can have a positive impact on retention. And we know that keeping someone is a heck of a lot more cost effective than finding someone new. And so I think that's another lens to think about social is really doubling down on community. Because when mm. I go to a Facebook page and see activity, it's exciting. When sure. I see it, it really void as a, as a prospect, it's kind of like, yeah, what's going on here? What's so going on? Yeah. Another way to think about it. For sure. Now, in terms of obviously virtual tours and everything and high quality photos and all of that have become paramount to kind of providing a brand image on on properties and the value that you're presenting. If if you do have, you know, maybe class C properties and, and those images aren't going to wow, is it still worth investing in those things? How can people kind of maybe tenants in that in, in that space or those target tenants, they just need something cheap and fast. And they, they're not too, too concerned with how it looks. But is there still value in that adding those things? And how can you maybe do that in a way that's cost effective that you're not saying, Oh, my gosh, why did I why did I spend, you know, three grand on a virtual tour for this, you know, rental that is only, you know, 700 a month? It's a great question. Everyone should have virtual content for sure. And there's going to be different tiers. You know, you've got these best in breed, really expensive providers that do this incredible 360 camera photography. Some at scale, really price effective. Some, I mean, it is really expensive. Yes. And, yeah. and your budget's not always going to be there for that. And that's just human. Like that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And also not everyone's going to have the resources to fully step into a virtual sales process where you can have an agent with Zoom that can jump on and right. like really walk you through a virtual sale. But I'll tell you that if I'm a modern buyer in 2021, I want to go to the website and I want to be able to see a walkthrough of the unit that I'm interested in. That That's that's table stakes. And totally. this guy shoots in 4K. I'm holding up my iPhone. My iPhone <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Yes. And, and to, to, to have one leasing agent, property manager, whomever, walk through for one day and do a couple two minute tours with some, with some decent, you know, explanation of the benefits, the perks, the amenities, upload those to YouTube and then for free, integrate those into your website and get some boosted SEO value. Like why wouldn't every website have that at the baseline? And I, that, I agree. that's going to be a business day. So don't edit it. If you have time, do it. But if not, just do your best. And I think one of the best things about the pandemic has been that we've all realized that my dog's most likely going to walk behind me during this podcast and it's okay. <laughs> yes, it's it's okay. okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a, you know, you've made some good points there. I mean, my brother, he's 27 years old. He's looking for rentals in, in, I'm in Hamilton, Ontario, and our rentals have basically gone up 
probably double over the course of this pandemic, which is insane, but I'm still not going to look or send properties to my my brother who, you know, he's not looking for something luxury or purpose built, but he still needs to live in comfort. And I'm not going to send him listings that don't have a little bit of in-depth or, you know, high quality photos that you know that someone just took themselves. It's not like they hired a photographer to do it, but as long as it shows the core the core um, property value and can I live there? Can, you know, is there, is that a place where I can live and be comfortable? At the very least, I think that that's, that's communication that we just need to, to make at the bare minimum for no matter what class B, class C, class A property, it doesn't matter. And yeah, you're not going to stand out from the class A's, but that's not, that's okay. Those aren't your target tenants. You still need to be accommodating those tenants that care and they're a digital generation and they're going exactly. online and they're th- that's their first point of w- what does this place look like so yeah i will end my rant there and <laughs> say that mike it's been a pleasure chatting with you today and i can't wait to get this episode out because i think so many multifamily marketing teams and leasing agents are craving this this content i think we could do another episode and fill it with a whole other slew of of updated questions but maybe we'll save that for a couple months from now now before yeah let's do it so before you go can you please let listeners know where they can connect with you online or anywhere else Yeah, so I'm definitely pretty active on social media. Mike Wilbur, I'll be right at the top for LinkedIn. And I I definitely love connecting with anyone and everyone on LinkedIn for sure. This year, I've actually doubled down on Twitter and really started building a new community on Twitter that's been really fun just for learning marketing and technology and and even some early learnings on venture capital. So you can find me there at the Mike Wilbur is my handle on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you again for taking the time to join me on this episode of Get Synced. And until next time, keep swimming. You've reached the end of another episode of Sink or Swim. Make sure to visit us at rensync.com forward slash podcast to access show notes, key takeaways, and where you can sign up to our newsletter to receive free bonus content. If you found value in the show, please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.